All right. So we are still talking about deconstructing faith. And today we are centering on another problem in the process of deconstruction. And just so we're clear, this isn't any criticism of anyone's personal experience when it comes to their journey on deconstruction. Right. It's just our way, as you've um, hopefully been seeing, it's our way of shedding light on the conversation. And really, we can't talk about the things that we've been talking about without this final piece of the puzzle, so to speak. So to speak. And so for the last few weeks, we've been discussing different segments of uh, problems we've come up with with deconstruction. If you want to look at those, there's a little playlist right here. You can click there and uh, view those. If you're listening to the podcast, go back and listen to parts one, two, and three. Um, but today we're going to get into, in my opinion, the, the biggest problem when it comes to contributing to people uh, deconstructing their faith. And so today we're talking about the church problem. Let's get to it. You're listening to the Nick Smith Podcast. Real life, no myth. Where we talk about myths and misunderstandings surrounding life, race, faith, and culture. If you'd like to support the Nick Smith Podcast, rate us on iTunes. Or you can give through our Patreon. And don't forget to share this on social media so that all of your friends can know what you're listening to. Hey, we are your hosts, Nick Smith. And Kylie Jo Smith. And today we are talking about the church problem. The church problem. But before we get to that, we want to say what's up to the inner circle. Yeah. How y'all doing? They're good. good. All right. They're good. Uh, we don't cool. really have any announcements. We have a new series coming up, but you'll hear all about it on social media. You'll, so you'll get don't a, even get a worry. Whiff of that. I know you were worried. <laughs> don't worry. You can't even add a hair to your head hey. or an hour to your life. Someone so don't, famous don't said that. Don't Someone worry. pretty awesome. Um, right. So, yeah. Well, let's jump into it. So, first, we want to uh, continue to focus on the terms that we're talking about. So, deconstruction. What it is. What is it? You want me to read it again? Yeah, you're better at it. I should start charging. You should. You should. Put it on my account. <sighs> Deconstruction is a method of critical analysis of philosophical and literary language, which emphasizes the internal workings of language and conceptual systems, the relational quality of meaning, and the assumptions implicit in forms of expression. There we go. Or in other words, it's a way to reevaluate your deepest core beliefs, to tear apart things that you once held dear as a belief and to pick and choose which segments of your faith, which segments of your belief system that you want to maintain, which ones you want to toss away. Mm. And so uh, that's kind of how it's been used in our culture. We've seen a lot of people in popular culture who were, uh, I guess, in popular Christian culture who have come out and said, hey, I've deconstructed my faith. I no longer believe these, 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 these mm -hmm. things. Um, but I do believe this. And, yeah. and so we just kind of wanted to address that. So yeah, it's hard because like, you grow up sometimes seeing these people um, who are like really talented at things mm -hmm. and they're really like they're they're out there like they've been promoted as like a the poster child for something. Mm -hmm. And then they like come out with this like I remember there was there was a, um, a Christian artist way back in the day. Who that? Uh, Jennifer Knapp. No, I was no. I know you don't know who that is. <laughs> but. <clears throat> she had this really she had some really great songs and she was actually from Kansas. I remember that was a, a big thing because friends that I knew who wanted to go to this one Christian college mm -hmm. um were like, Oh, Jennifer Knapp, she's so amazing. Mm -hmm. She's Christian, she's so cool, she's edgy. Well then, um, I was like a few years ago I wanted to look up one of her songs and I was like, I wonder if she still writes music, like Christian music. And she had this whole like interview and this thing about deconstructing her faith. Yeah. And so it's not a new thing, no. but at the same time, I was like, oh man, I remember listening to her music. Like there was a youth group I was a part of. Mm -hmm. I remember listening to some of her music at that youth group. Mm -hmm. Well, that was a time that was really formative for me in my faith. And so thankfully I wasn't like Jennifer Knapp deconstructed her faith. What does that mean for me? But 
I could see like if if that had happened when I was um, in high school or in junior high, that probably would have affected me in a different way. Yeah. And like Joseph Solomon's another one. Yeah. He's who recently, recently like, um, yeah, the uh, oh, Rhett and Link. Oh, um, yeah. They, they were I mean, they did a bunch of stuff. Yeah. With Phil Vischer. They they had all this this evangelistic material that they did. They both have since um, renounced their that and you used to say renounce or yeah. uh, walked away or yeah. lost faith. But now the term is deconstructed. There was also Gungor. Remember when Gungor yes, did that? Yes, I do remember. Yeah, yeah. But they Gungor was kind of slipping for a little bit. Like, we were listening to the music like, <laughs> like I'm not, what does that mean? I'm what not you, really sure what, what you, you're talking about. What are you talking about in this song? <laughs> this is kind of, This is about Jesus? This is ambiguously odd. I don't know what we're talking about. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so a lot of the interviews, though, that I've heard from these people who have deconstructed their faith, it comes back to the same issue. Like, we've talked about um, science. We've talked about um, personal, like just personal issues. We talk about scripture. Um, but this is the main problem that it seems to center around and it's church. Mm. It's the, the church hurt. It's misunderstanding of, of what church is supposed to be. It's abuse that has happened in church. Yeah. And these folks have received this. And because of the way that, as you, I like that you said your faith was being formed in youth group because the way our faith is formed in community, um, a lot of times if that community is not healthy or if you're receiving something that isn't in line with what God's word says, um, it can lead to deconstruction. And so mm-hmm. we wanted to start off with um, just talk about the purpose of yeah. church. So, well, I mean, you're the, you're like the Bible nerd. So you're a nerd too. Don't call me a nerd. Not as much Don't as you. Nerd. Married He's a nerd. Kind of more of a nerd. Takes than a nerd. I no a nerd. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think on the scale of nerdiness. You're on the okay higher on the spectrum. Name here. five musical theater singers. Yes, I have. Th- <laughs> <laughs> so we're both nerds, just yes, so you know. That's true, but uh, only one of them pertains to this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so, anywho, okay, the purpose of the purpose of church. So, yeah. first off, in in um, scripture, we see, especially in the Greek, we see the the word ecclesia, um, ecclesia, however you want to say it, and it's the the gathering of of people, the gathering of the saints. And so the church was, was called the, the gathering. It was called the ecclesia. And the, the point of the, the gathering was so that people who were following the way, people who follow Jesus could do so together. So mm. they, they could support each other. They could, uh, because a lot of these folks were outcasts. They were kicked out of their families. They were kicked out of um, whatever other groups they belonged to because they started following Jesus. And so they started gathering together as the word calls us to. And so this gathering is a church. Um, another word that we use a lot, especially nowadays is church family, right? Yeah. Like, Hey, this is part of my church family or I know them. They're part of the church family. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what it's supposed to be. Let, yeah. Let's stay there. Yeah. It's supposed to be a family. Yeah. Um, we're all supposed to be united and, and familiarly fam- familiarity. I don't know what I'm trying <laughs> to say. Uh, just like a family. That's yeah. what I'm trying to say. Um, they're supposed to be covenant. They're supposed to be, uh, permanence in mm. in relationship in a church yeah uh, so so often now though in our church hopping culture where church is a peripheral activity and and not so much a family yeah we don't see that as much uh, if you grew up in a small community if you grew up in maybe the church that you, you know your grandfather started and you grew up in that church you might know or have, have experienced it a little different but i would say for most people that i've i've interacted with uh, church family isn't really family yeah like just like oh yeah those are people at my church mm-hmm. like they kind of know some stuff about me, but I, I kind of only so dis- much though. I can't, let him, I, yeah, I can't really let them into too much. Yeah. Well, and honestly, like the, that image of the ecclesia or ecclesia, however you want to say it, mm-hmm. um, 
It's interesting because nowadays I feel like people more often are running from the church to find refuge elsewhere. To find community, to find, to find comu- a gathering. Like they, they, where normally it was like you go to find your people, your tribe, so to yeah. speak, in the church. Now people are like, wait a second, there is nobody here that matches anything about me. Yeah. I guess we kind of, we, we worship Jesus, but I don't really know if that's, that's even something we share. Yeah. And so they're running for something else. And unfortunately, I think it's another interesting thing about deconstruction is the more like this conversation about faith and all these things, it, it tends to go back to some of the same themes. And we've covered that in other, in the mm-hmm. other episodes. Um, but it's interesting how similar to church, the community of deconstruction is becoming well it's because we have an in um an innate we have an innate <laughs> that's what i'm trying to say, say we have an innate we have an innate not a seven uh, we're not we having an a nine eight. we're not having a ten <laughs> we have an innate um but we have an innate need to belong mm-hmm. uh, humans are are meant to be unified we're i can't remember who said it but we're a super organism we're not like individuals yeah, yeah. like we operate together and so if you deconstruct your faith and you step away from one group there's a void. And so you need mm. to fill that void with some sort of belonging. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually there are like humanistic churches. Like, I don't yeah. know why they call them churches, but they're, they're gatherings of people that gather for the community aspect, for the support, for the mm-hmm. council, for having people that share your interests. Yeah. Yet they don't serve Jesus. And so mm. um, what it, what deconstruction does in a lot of ways is it, it borrows from Christianity. It takes terms, it takes ideology from Christianity and then it secularizes it, which is yeah. a lot, honestly, it's a lot the way the enemy works because yeah. um, things aren't bad on their own. Like mm. in order to make something bad, you have to take something good and distort yeah, it. Yeah, perversion. Exactly. Yeah. It's a perversion of the truth. And so when you, when you see things that, that are borrowed from Christianity and distorted, it's interesting to me because the same people that take those things and distort them or renounce Christian faith. But it's like, mm. wait a second, you, you wouldn't even have this thing that you cherish yeah. without the foundation of Christian faith. That's interesting. And so anyway, that, yeah. so part of another part of the purpose of mm-hmm. the church is to be the body or the bride of Christ, which is that that's the one that people get hung up on. It's like, yeah, they, I guess we don't understand what that means because it is such a weird way of describing it. When Jesus even said like, yeah. take my body and eat. I mean, that was weird. Yeah. People were um, like, no, nah, I'm good. Like, like uh, I'm not actually eating your physical flesh. And it depends on who you ask. But, um, <laughs> but, but like this understanding of the church being the body and there being mm-hmm. parts and how this it's, it's an analogy. How did I say it like that? I don't know. It's an, an, an analogy. It's an anemone, but it's, it's meant to point us to the wholeness of Christ yeah. and him being the head, which is um, that part of the body that leads things that you can't do anything without the brain functioning. Right. Yeah. And so hopefully, hopefully. Um, but it's just interesting how that's the part of the identity of the church that people will be like, no, no, I don't, that, I'm not for that. Like, well, I'm not or with they that. have the biggest issue because they'll be like, well, that's not what Jesus would do because, right. because, be, okay. Being the body of Christ or being the bride of Christ. Uh, one, Jesus isn't calling you personally the body of the bride of Christ calling the, the collective body, exactly. collective gathering, the gathering as the body of Christ. And what that means is we do the action, the, the physical, tangible action that, that Christ calls us to here mm-hmm. on earth. Um, just like if I'm gone, if I have to go on vacation or something, uh, Kylie Joe is going to do the things that need to be done as a representative of our family. That's right. And <laughs> better believe it. <laughs> um, and so as the bride of Christ, as um, someone who represents 
the the body of Christ. We're supposed to engage in the things, we're supposed to occupy, we're supposed to work at the things mm. that Jesus has called us to work at um, as representatives of him here on earth. And so yeah. that means being the hands and feet. That yeah. means um, like doing the things, going where Jesus calls his people to go and and allowing the Holy Spirit to direct us on the mission that he's already on. Yeah. And so we get to participate in that. Yeah. And so uh, we were a part of a church that used to say, you want to be Jesus with skin on, mm -hmm. which when I first heard that, I was like, didn't Jesus have skin on? But I get it. It's like you want to be a physical representation of Christ because yeah. Christ isn't in a physical form on earth right now. Right. Yeah. Aside from within us. Anyway. Yeah. And it's hard because we we tend to take that hands and feet um, saying and it, it gets really it becomes a gray area. Like, well, what mm. really is the hands and feet? Of, what, what would he do? What would Jesus do? WWJD. And, like, we start to over-committicize or committeeize, I guess I'll committee say. Okay. We make a lot of committees you. and we have a lot of <laughs> um, discussion panels and we have a lot of planning and we have Strategic a board planning, and we know. have um, all of these things in place that it's interesting if you've ever sat in on a committee meeting of a church or, or a board meeting. If so, I'm sorry. Um, sorry. There are, so, there can be some really great conversation that no, happens. No, there can't be. I'm just joking. Um, and usually there's like, there's that like executive work that has to be done where mm -hmm. it's like, okay, where's this money going and how, how's this bill going to get paid so the building can function. But I think about sometimes and I'm sitting in some of the board meetings we've sat in and committee meetings, I would sit there and be like, I know that the disciples and they had money and they had to like use it and everything, but mm, they had deacons and all that. Stuff. But did they have a building fund? Did they have to like <laughs> pave a parking lot? And you, did they have to hey, like pay people to where else clean out the toilets? Their, where else people going to put their, their mules and their right. donkeys? You know what I mean? <laughs> but it's, it's just so interesting how, even though it's a cultural thing, like mm -hmm. we have, we have buildings and, and things like that. It's so crazy how quickly we move away from the missional lifestyle of the church where yeah. now we're gathering to collect money that we then allocate for a purpose way down the line that we we give that money to a company who that we've outsourced the ministry in wow. a sense like we've said oh you know what um we want to give bibles to people that don't have bibles well there's a company that can do that for you there's a mm -hmm. there's a ministry company there's missionaries yeah that get paid to do that and you can actually be part of paying those missionaries and I'm not downing on. Um, we need missional wanting, work. Yes, we, we want to be able to to use our resources well. But then at the same time, we have church members who are sitting comfortably mm -hmm. on Sunday morning to hear a message who Monday through Saturday then are not involved in any aspect of actual church community and life. And so that's that's, and that's a, a major problem um, when it comes to discussing the church and the value of church, because people will see that as the example and that and unfortunately that is in our experiences that's been the majority of the experience is like okay this is what church is to people culturally yeah. and so when people want to find something to criticize and a reason to walk away it doesn't take them very long to find that like well they don't even do anything and i don't really feel like i fit in and all they wanted was my money yeah and so it's like well i i don't know how to convince you to stay yeah and honestly looking at um if you're looking for a reason to leave anything the people are always an easy yeah. like that's fish in a barrel like that's easy target because <laughs> yes. people are terrible like in general, <laughs> it's true uh, it's like, true people as a group like we do things messed up we're broken um we're sinful we have mm -hmm. just competing interests like there are sinful people that get involved in the actions of uh church and so um if you're looking for a problem in the church or looking for a reason to leave this this group of people then look at the people Right. Mm. Because instead of looking at the mission of the church or looking at 
the purpose of the church. It's like, you know what? I see problems. They're not on the purpose. They're not on the mission. Wow. So now I'm going to start focusing on the people. And mm. for years, churches led by broken people have exploited the godly community. Like they've, they've deformed it mm. into something that, that looks nothing mm. like Jesus. And I don't mean mm. the global church. I mean, individual churches yeah. um, have done things in, and even large groups or movements of churches mm-hmm. have done things that have been damaging to the gospel, yeah. have been damaging to individuals. Mm-hmm. And if you look at, like we talked about this with, um, I think the science problem, like people that are supposed to have the truth that like capital T truth mm-hmm. that, that guides you into eternity. Um, but yet you can't trust them to watch your kids. Like, Wait a second. Hold on. How, how can I trust this, this grouping of people when there's abuse, when there's, um, lying, when there's malice, when there's Mm -hmm. jealousy, when there's all this stuff, um, being, being planted in this community. I don't want to be a part of that. Yeah. Um, and I think part of it is because everyone, uh, like we hold Christianity to such a standard because we Mm -hmm. know the mission that it's supposed to be on is holy. Yeah. And so nobody, uh, I, a pastor I listen to a lot says this, nobody looks at other denominations and be like, y'all aren't doing what you're supposed to be doing, like other uh, faith groups. Yeah, other other religions. But Christians, it's always like, yeah. you're not doing what you're supposed to do because people know like the church is supposed to be about the Lord's business. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. um, for years when you have churches doing that, then, then you're dealing with um, a, a huge issue yeah. that leads to people defunding deconstructing their faith. Yeah. Well, and I think it's interesting with the, with the image of the body, I think what, um, and it talks about this in scripture. He's like, you know, the hand can't say to the foot, like you're not needed or whatever body part he uses. Mm -hmm. Um, look it up. It's in the thing. It's in the, Um, it's in the deal. But we, we do that. Like I, it's so crazy how many times scripture references something. And, um, in particular, Paul says things in a very, um, straightforward way. It's like, look, you can't do that. It's because people were doing that. People were treating and still are. But um, there's even the example um, of calling people out in church. Um, And there's there's several examples of like what godly faith looks like in community. Mm -hmm. But over and over again in the Bible, we have Paul like exhorting and rebuking and calling out sin in the church. Like you got to stop. You got to stop sleeping mm-hmm. with your family. You, you got to stop talking about people behind their back. You got, you got to stop mismanaging things. You have to stop having disorder in worship. Why did he have to say it? Because obviously it was happening and it wasn't just happening one time. Yeah. And it's crazy that we would come to church and I'm saying this for, for both sides of it. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. We would come to church with this expectation of perfection mm-hmm. when nowhere in scripture, in the New Testament, does it show there was a perfect church? Oh yeah. There never has been. Nowhere does it show that the people who gathered to worship Jesus never did anything wrong and never offended people. And they never mismanaged anything or got it wrong. Never. So you should be able to do that. No, because that would be a terrible standard. The standard of perfection was already set in the law and we did not meet it. That's why Jesus had to come. And so like, it's crazy that we'll come to the church and be like, well, you know what? Pastor didn't say hi to me by name (laughs) today. And so I can't come here anymore because obviously he doesn't care about his flock. Okay. We're going to come and be like, well, what about the pastor having a bad day? Maybe the pastor had just been given some terrible news and like he, he was having, maybe the pastor has a large group of people. He doesn't remember all their names and you need to like tone it down and stop being so self-important. Yeah. Or like, I'm just, I'm just thinking about like, even with the childcare thing, mm-hmm. why I'm, and I've done this. Why would I expect that when I come to church, I'm entitled to 
my children being whisked off and taken care of <laughs> while I just get to sit there and have adult time. And because I'm not, that's what church is for. It, to some people. <laughs> and I'm not saying that we shouldn't have children's ministries that build up the young people and that we're pouring yeah, we into them. them. Yeah, we, we need, need them. those. But I'm saying there's something we've, we have like wired into church culture that says, when you come here, no difficulty, no challenging conversations, no, really yeah. no like conviction should be felt just like feel good vibes. And like, you know, people should like high five you and, and give you coffee and, and take your kids off to the basement. Um, Sounds kind of like a weird quote <laughs> when you say it that way. Doesn't it sound kind of um, weird that we would expect a little, that? A little creepy, but <laughs> I, 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 uh, I find that the, the roots of that is in consumerism, honestly. Yeah. Because how do we get people, how do we get butts in seats? We cater to them. How do we cater butt? to them? I did. And I said seats. On a Christian podcast. Hey, podcasts can't be saved. Well, I'm going to say something too. I'm going to think of a word that I want to say. Okay, good. You work on that. Um, <laughs> but how do we get people in the pews is we have to cater to people and we have mm. to, because there's so many competing viewpoints. And so the, the predominant um, strategy to grow church has been marketing and the predominant strategy wow. has been, let's, let's do what we can to get people in the building because that's how, you know, your church is successful. Um, but in the process of just trying to get numbers, what we've done in a lot of cases, and this isn't every case, because there are some huge churches that do things correctly. Um, and by correctly, I mean, um, rooted in scripture, they challenge people, people are growing in discipleship. Um, but for the most part, when you see a church growing in large numbers, you start to see uh, shifting interests. You start to see that we're no longer interested in being the hands and feet of Christ. And so this, this large gathering of people, this large club that we belong to that has this huge marketing machine that gives us really cool swag that makes us feel like we're a part of something, all of a sudden stops growing us spiritually. And then mm. when we don't grow and when we leave Sunday service and we are like, Oh, that was great. And then Monday morning we still feel empty and lost and we don't know this Jesus that we've been singing about. Mm. Then we're like, why? Well, because you're, you're not actually like the church isn't doing what it's supposed to do. Yeah. And so this, this idea then starts to creep in of like, okay, well, if I'm not growing in faith and they're all saying they're Christian, Maybe this Christianity thing, Christianity, maybe this Christianity thing. Because you're working. saying it wrong. That's why it's not working. <laughs> <laughs> but I would, I would bet that you haven't been a part of Christianity, um, but maybe churchianity. And, Ooh, and somebody's yeah, going to be like, yeah. no, that I, because I've heard testimony. I know. Yeah. People saying, I felt I, I, I was yep. sold out for Jesus, but then I realized I didn't believe that. Um, but they're always, not always, let's not be universal here. Um, more times than not, there's been a root of someone hurting someone else. Well, and you know, I would say for every time I've heard someone say, no, 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 you got it all wrong. I know that I was sold out. Mm -hmm. I've heard two people say the opposite. You know what? I was just going through the motions. Yeah. I saw people doing this. I saw them raising their hands. I saw them speaking in tongues. And so I just thought, well, I have to do it too. And I don't want to, I don't want to get kicked out. And I was waiting for the, mm -hmm. waiting for it to be real. Right. And so yeah. I thought, I thought if I just did it enough times, eventually it would catch or it would stick. Yeah. And also like how much you were talking about like attributing it to a, a church hurt or a mm -hmm. person or something. It doesn't have to be that someone was abused. It doesn't have to be, although there are those instances Yes, uh, and those need to be met with honest, authentic, like I would say rebuke mm -hmm. in the Lord. And they need to be met with therapy and counseling. And mm -hmm. at, at times you, you need to involve law enforcement. Like yeah. if that's, if that's to that extent, it needs to be dealt with. People need to be held accountable Facts. for their actions period. Um, 
But, oh, I lost my train of thought because I was so passionate about that one <laughs> But thing. what you were saying is um, for every one person that says, I was sold out for the Lord, there are two people that, that were just yes, going through the Yes, they're motion. like, you know, I was just, I was just doing it. And I, I think that speaks to, oh, it was the fear. That was what I was going to. Mm-hmm. I, I was afraid that if I didn't do it, mm-hmm. I was going to get kicked out. I think when we move from how much can we give away so that God is glorified and how much can we go out there and just like being sold out for Christ, not, mm-hmm. not caring what I get in return. We move from that, we shift from that into a scarcity mindset and a poverty mindset that says, I'm afraid to lose what I have. Mm. That's when the church becomes ineffective. That's when we have dead churches. Yep. Um, We have zombie churches just walking around. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, we have this thing on Sunday night, you should come. And you go and it's like, I did not hear hear? one time that the Bible was read or referenced or that Jesus was honored in in anything that we did. It was a meal. And we prayed beforehand, but I, but I guess it was just a meal to get people to come to the church so we could say, look how many people we had at our church. Did you see yeah. how many people were at the Christian church last Sunday? Well, we have to make sure we do an event just like them so that they don't have more people than us. Yep. We are afraid. There's, there's a fear. And it's the same thing. Honestly, I, I, I go back to the garden often. But when Satan said, God knows that when you eat of this fruit, you will be, you'll be just like him. And he doesn't want you to have that. Mm-hmm. Boom, fear. There's a fear that something's being withheld from me. The FOMO. The f- yes. And so fear we have, we have church FOMO. Like, well, if, if we don't get more people in here, or if we start losing people, or if, why were they visiting that church and who we're all afraid. I've heard these conversations. And, uh, yeah. I'm not making this these. up. Like this is actual stuff that people say yeah. because they're afraid. They're not actually interested in what God is doing among them. And they're mm-hmm. not believing. I think that's one thing I was listening to a sermon on unbelief mm-hmm. and, and that willingness to not believe God for what he says he's going to do. And we are supposed to be those people that believe when it doesn't look like we should believe. That's yeah. what the church is for people. And so when, again, when people come and they're like, y'all don't believe God, y'all try, you are fishing, you are, but not fishers of men, you are fishing for something else. And I'm yeah. not about it. I want out of this boat. Yeah. I, I, rem- I remember going to a church at one point and walking in and hearing, like seeing people shake hands and, and hearing all the very superficial conversation and, um, and thinking like, and I'm a believer. I love the church. Just so mm-hmm. everyone knows. Like, I love the church. Believe in Jesus. Like, that's my dude, right? But I was like, I don't think I need to be here. Like, mm. I, I, could, I could do something else and honor God today. Like, I don't think wow. this would be, I don't think he'd be mad at me if I left. You better repent. <laughs> you, better, you better turn from your ways. Um, but in that moment, I, I had an honest evaluation of like, okay, this, this does lead people to deconstruction. Yeah. Because it, if my faith was formed by this group of people and these were the only Christians I knew and I, and I felt this way, mm. I'd be like, I don't want this. Yeah. I don't want this. Now we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, some of the solutions, but before we do, if you know somebody that needs to hear this, share it, send yeah. it to somebody, text yeah. it to them, send a carrier pigeon. I don't know. Smoke signals, something. <laughs> um, Write them a letter. Not hand signals though. We avoid those. Please don't send hand signals. <laughs> Unless, um, you know, you work at the airport, that's little things. Right. Anyway. So there's a, there's a, a band. I don't think they're a band anymore, but it's called a band in Kansas. Are they a band anymore? I'm not sure. I don't know. But anyway, they were the, um, hey, y'all, if you are one band, of the singers in the band, Jeremy Spring had once, um, he actually sang at my baptism, mm-hmm. which is really cool. Just got to throw that out there. <laughs> just um, but it, rub that in my it face. Was a, why don't you? <laughs> it was a really, uh, amazing thing just because we really enjoyed their music. Mm-hmm. And, um, Jeremy said something at my baptism that I was like, whoa, he was like, the, the church may have burned you, but God didn't burn you. Mm-hmm. And there's some deep meaning to that. If you really think about it in Christ, like there's so much that we deserve that's been withheld from us. That's God's mercy. Yeah. And there's so much that we have access to 
that we didn't ask for and we don't deserve. That's grace. And what he was saying in that was like, yeah, I mean, the church damages people. We are, we are human beings, just like, you know, the person who cuts you off in traffic does some damage to your self-esteem or your ego or whatever, whatever plans you have for the day. Yeah. Somebody not saying hi to you in church or somebody, you know, treating you differently because of where you come from or the, the color of your skin or the culture that you come from, that's hurtful and it's harmful. It's damaging to the witness of Christ and it's damaging to human beings who are image bearers of Christ. That's right. And so, yes, that does happen. No one should be in denial that like the church doesn't do anything wrong. Like we're mm-hmm. so, we're like good people. Okay. But like we, we hurt people, mm-hmm. but God is not in the business of harming his creation. He's not in the business of burning those who he has saved from the eternal flame. Like he's, that's yeah. not him. And so it's important for us to be reminded of that. Like, yeah, we have to, um, in a sense, affirm or validate when people come to us and say, you know, I can't, I don't do church because one time, and it's hard to hear it so many times. It's hard for us to hear it. Like, okay, I get it. The church messed up. Yeah. Uh, we know. But for those who are expecting it to be otherwise, who are expecting a safe place, who are expecting it to be a welcoming community and a body mm-hmm. where Jesus is lifted high um, and then they were let down, like that's real. And they yeah. carry that trauma with them. And so the solution is not as simple as like, well, just get over it. Okay. Just, yeah. But we have to help by saying, you know what? The, the church did burn you. Like they, they messed up. And I think but God is not doing that. Yeah. As, and as people who have been in the ministry, we've experienced church hurt I think on par just once on par to anything um that that people experience I'm not gonna say greater than but I mean we've experienced some pretty emotionally damaging things in the church um and that's being in leadership positions and so we get it like we really do understand that the church hurt happens um and so again acknowledging the pain is real mm-hmm. uh, needs to happen um and I'm, I'm gonna say this as a little disclaimer um, I believe in, in he- like health and safety. I believe yes. that if there's uh, physical or emotional abuse happening, you need to find a new place. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's some place that is, that is sinfully uh, wa- not living out the mission of Christ and you find, find a mm-hmm. new church to worship. Yeah. And un- unapologetically. Unap- yeah. And, and any type of correction or godly direction is, is ignored or is mm-hmm. shunned or is silenced. That, that's not a healthy place to be. There's the door. But Get out the door. That being said, no one ever fixed a problem in a relatively healthy church, right? Because every church has its issues, but you're not going to fix the problems in your community by leaving your community. Mm. Now, again, you heard my disclaimer. Yep. yep. If there's serious injury, yeah, you got to you got to protect yourself. You got to get out of there. But a lot of the church, I I had someone leave the church one time, y'all, because their dog. Siri is listening. Siri, don't worry about my business. First off, (laughs) she's like, hold on, who was it? What was her name? (laughs) Let me track him down. (laughs) Okay, this is what happened. Uh, This person had a dog. Brought the dog to the church. The dog bit somebody's child. Was not a service dog. Just got to throw that out there. No. It was, was not a service dog. Yeah, it was dressed like a service dog, but it wasn't an actual service dog. Um, and so we humored this person. We said, hey, dog's cool. He's chilling. We're not going to. Well, out of nowhere, this dog freaked out and nipped at, at a child, a three-year-old baby girl. Um, didn't hurt the baby. Baby's safe. Uh, I had to pull this gentleman aside and said, hey, man, you, you can't be here. I mean, not you can't. Your dog can't be here. You're welcome. Please, please come back. But, you, but your dog can't be here. 
this person went around lambasting me. It was like, they kicked me out of church and my dog did nothing wrong. And this, like, this is what I'm talking about. If you have an issue in a mm-hmm. church, you, you need to see it through, my boy. You got to see this thing. You got to see it through. Um, membership, you have to be a part. You have to covenant. Again, it's supposed to be a, a church family. Oh, like, I'm Don't not, get me started on this one. I'm not leaving my family because I have an issue. Listen. With a, with a family member. Listen, and I'm also not walking in somebody else's house and start bringing complaints about why they don't have certain food in the fridge. Come on. If you're not a part of that family, you, ain't you haven't covenanted, you haven't made the commitment, you, you haven't it. done the sacrifices, you ain't trying to fix don't nothing. come in here trying, well, the music was too loud. And you know what? I don't know why they don't do those hymns more often. So, um, Nana, did you, did you join the church? Do you want to follow Are you, that up with action? Do you want to be on the worship committee? Then, shh. <laughs> Sit, then you can, you know what? We have a section over here for visitors. Sit down. And, and that's not putting hierarchy in the church. That's no. just understanding if you really want to make a difference in the church, then put it in writing, be a part of the church. challenge yourself, put it in. There's something that happens when it costs us something a little yeah. bit. It's like, Oh man, I got to commit to come to this meeting every Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Yes. And if you want to see changes in your life and you want to see changes in the church that you're complaining about, yes, you must come. You need to yeah. make the investment because when we say things like that, when we complain without um, any solutions or any giving any fruit into the, into the basket, mm-hmm. you're just, you're just dead weight. Like yeah. you're just like a wart on the body. And so Gross. nobody, nobody wants that. We gotta, <laughs> we gotta burn that thing off. Like disgusting. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so that's to individuals who are struggling with, man, this church is broken. They never do anything I want to do. Okay. Jump in, participate, be a part of the body. Let your voice be heard. Yeah. Don't now, uh, to, to my church folk. To those feeling real churchy right now and being like, yeah, that's I right. I mean, like, you, what is it, dyed in wool? That's right. That Y'all, called? you can't complain about it unless you're going to be a part of it. Okay, no one ever <laughs> fixed a problem by ignoring it either. Oh! So just because that's the way, that's the way the last Where's pastor my did it. That's the way my grandmama did it. That's the way my mama did it. So that's how we're going to do it. That's not how Jesus did it. And so you can't just ignore a problem and be like, well, these 12 people, every time they show up, they leave because they say this, but I don't see that as an issue. Doesn't, mm. doesn't mean it's not an issue or minimizing it. Yeah. Minimizing it's almost worse. Like, Oh, well that's not that bad. I had a y'all. We got, we, stories. we could go hours on we church stories. stories. I could just share with you, but there's this one that's really funny to me. I nursed my children and I not um, anyone else's normally children. felt comfortable nursing them in church because I would cover up and it would be fine. I'd be discreet. Um, and then when they got to a certain age, they're like, you know, walking around a little bit like, okay, well it's a little bit harder to nurse cause they're not wanting to sit still. Mm-hmm. And you know, I will say, the request to have like a section or an area that was for nursing moms that mm-hmm. were, where we could feel comfortable or like have TV in the, or a screen, a monitor in the um, foyer so that I could just step out. The older moms mm-hmm. whose children were adults now, like had had their own kids. They have grandbabies now. Yeah. We're like, well, you know, when I was your age, we, just we didn't have that. We, and we just gave them a bottle and mm-hmm. da, da, da. You know what? Don't a bottle, but let's not, let's not minimize the problem here. Like, and let's, and also not not force my narrative onto someone else of what's important and valuable because, um, let's be honest when Jesus was around, they didn't have no bottles. So some, they had, they had to just do it in process. And so, um, don't minimize the problem and and hear the, hear the issue and hear the person saying it's okay. Why is this valuable to them? Whenever people have emotions, it, it tells us, they value something. That's right. So try to hear what the value is in there. Yeah. Even if you don't like the complaint or the person (laughs) straight up. (laughs) So, um, so here people don't ignore issues. We need accountability in churches when there, when there is sin, when there is outright sin, it needs to be dealt with in a godly and biblical way. 
because that's how you demonstrate to people who are seeking Christ that God cares about justice Come on, is by delivering justice. And if you can't in the house of God, you can't deliver justice by saying, Hey, listen, so-and-so did this thing and it it damaged these people. And we are repenting publicly of this. And we need to extend reconciliation to the people who are hurt. And we need to provide distance and count. Like if, if you can't do that as the people of God, then what you're setting up for people who are seeking God is that this body that represents him isn't about Mm. justice. It doesn't care about me. It doesn't care Mm -hmm. about the vulnerable. If people who are abused and people who are taken advantage of, if there's no justice, if there's no accountability, then, then why do I want to be a part of this group? That's just covering over bad stuff. Like I can join the Kiwanis and if somebody steals, I bring it up, they get kicked out of their, their office. I want to be in the Rotary club, exactly, Lions club. You know what I mean? And that's a social club. I, I can do some good. But yeah. if you're the church, there has to be accountability. Mm-hmm. You have to hold people accountable to what they say. Yeah, and we're accountable to what we say we're going to do. Mm-hmm. We're also accountable to what the word of God says the church should be about. That's a lot right. of times there's that gray area of like, well, I'm, am I accountable to everything the pastor says I should do? Not if it goes against scripture. Come on. Am I accountable to what my small group leader says that I should be doing with my time? Not, Not if, if it, it goes against scripture. You got a Bible. If you don't. Get a hold of yes. us. We'll tell you where to find one. Right. And so that scriptural literacy comes into play and we're yeah. accountable to what the word says mm-hmm. and you're accountable to what the Holy Spirit is calling you to do. That's right. If, and I, I've been guilty of this. Mm-hmm. God is like, you need to be doing this thing. You should be doing this. You should be leading in this way. You should be. And I'm like, no, 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 no. But see, but what then the people are going to think and then they're going to say, and then, and the whole time I'm the one being disobedient and it's affecting <laughs> other people around me, but I don't realize it. And so we have to be willing to be obedient and accountable to what, the Holy Spirit is saying, if he says, move, you say, to where? You start moving first. And then you say, okay, <laughs> yes, where are we going, true. God? Yes. Um, and so as a church, and this is, I think, um, universally as a church, there needs to be more repentance present. In, so you're using church words now. Okay, you need to turn away from sin, and you need to mourn with, with ashes, soot and ashes. Like, you need to, to literally mourn for brokenness. Mourn because the, the people who came to church and, and sought like a community were turned away, were shunned. Mm. Like that needs to be mourned. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, there are some people that have bogus claims like, oh, the church was mean to me. Like we get it. There are some bogus claims, but own your 10% church. Yeah. If you did 10% wrong in a hundred percent of the situation, own that 10% mm-hmm. and repent over it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that needs to happen. Yeah. I think the, one of the most um, vivid images I have once of a prayer service was when we were on our knees praying, there were people who lived across the street from the church mm-hmm. that never came. They, they yeah. didn't want anything to do with the church, lived next door to the pastor and his family. Across Why'd you the point street at me like I was different than you? This guy and, this his, guy and family. his family. You guys know him? <laughs> I wasn't um, there, But that was something that there was one, one prayer service that just hit me. Mm-hmm. Like how incredibly close this was literally to home. That, but it, didn't, it also broke my heart that it didn't seem to matter. To those, to those who are in the church with yeah. me and doing ministry with me. And so I think it's important for us to, to be, the, and, and for leaders in the church, especially pastors, pastor spouses, you have to be willing to show people. Like some people learn by being told. Some people learn by hearing it. Most of us, we, I need to see, you need to show me. That's right. You got to show me that it can be done and you need to show me how to do it. Yeah. Demonstrate, and we, we walk model it model that. And Jesus showed that. He showed that he taught by speaking taught by showing demonstrating what it meant yeah. to live and to die for 
God's glory and for the good of those around us. So, and that's discipleship right there. Yes. Um, and there's so much more we could talk about, but we, we can't get through all of it. We actually went long already. Man. Um, but uh, go ahead and like, and if you haven't yet subscribed, and please tell somebody about the Nick Smith podcast. Yes, yes. So we are, what? Huh? What are we supposed to say? I changed it. So I forget <laughs> now. So yes, just make sure that if you want to be a part of our inner circle, you go mm-hmm. to patreon.com slash Nick Smith podcast. And this has been the Nick Smith podcast. We hope this episode has connected you to living truth. Be, be blessed. blessed. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Nick Smith podcast. We are so glad that you joined us and we hope that you'll consider subscribing so that you can tune in each week. Don't forget to rate and share this podcast. And if you haven't already, follow us on social media. If you want to be a part of our family's mission to entertain, educate, and empower others, please consider becoming one of our Patreon supporters. Exclusive Nick Smith merchandise is available to you through our online store at www.nicksmithpodcast.com.